Big Question Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Big Question Podcast. Joining us today is Dick Longfuss. Frost uh. first. <laughs> Whichever one it is. First or all, thrust. All the above. Both. Um, hi. We also have Slut Brag Booty Popper. Hello. Also known as Slut. Cat's uh, not here because she's sick. She's weak. <laughs> she's lame. <laughs> And also this week she had appendicitis and had to have her appendix removed. <laughs> she should be here, though. Yeah, she should be here. And actually she's at her parents' house being doted upon. I mean, the things people will do to avoid podcasting. I know. I, it's, she's getting like Gary. <laughs> Any old excuse. Any old excuse. Fuck you, cat. <laughs> at, least, at least she's alive. Yeah. I suppose, I suppose there was always that out, out, you know, outside risk that she might actually die from this. I mean, unlikely. But yeah, I suppose there was. I mean, we could always just get a robot to say, fuck your patriarchy. <laughs> yeah. probably, that would probably solve most of her contributions. And we, robots don't need to have sex, so that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to Italy again, um, and I have very little to say on it, but I've got two sort of vague thoughts up to back up. I've been to Italy five times in the last four years. Mostly, I've been in a very affluent bit of, the, of northern Italy, so I feel very well-versed, or I feel like in a position where I can comment on the entirety of Italian society based upon visiting one affluent beach town. Of course. So, from what I can see of Italy, it is a virtual paradise of beautiful countryside, sort of epic mountainous meets the sea with kind of these small medieval towns where the food is amazing, the weather's amazing, the wine is amazing. It's not really that expensive. And no Italian fucking smiles. Not one of them. No. And the entire society is ruled by these five-foot, very angry-looking old women. They're all miserable as fuck. They hate themselves and their life. Yeah. And the reason why they hate their life is because it's, it, it can be a fucking shitty country. Well, so you say. <laughs> but based upon true. this one affluent beach town that I go to, it seems amazing to me. Well, I suppose there are, you know, good, good aspects to it, like ice cream and pasta. Well, funnily enough, talking about ice cream or gelato, um, it, Italy has some very, very specific rules about what makes a good gelateria. I couldn't figure that if that's the right word, gelateria. It is. And it's all centered around the idea that, well, if they serve more than like four flavors, it's obviously shit because gelato is actually complicated to make. And also, if the colors are too bright on the outside of it, they've obviously got something to hide because if it's good enough, you don't need to advertise it. Sort of very endemic of that country. But another thing that kind of struck me was Italy has a very, very strong food culture. And that's great, because the food actually is pretty fantastic. I'm a, I'm a big fan, because I love seafood. But it's not exactly outward-facing, is it, when it comes to its opinions on food? I mean, I, I'm actually surprised to have seen sushi in a bunch of different places, like uh, sushi restaurants. But, you know, if you want a curry, you're not going to find it in very many places. You might find it in Rome, perhaps, but... I don't even uh, know whether you... Well, maybe. I mean, I've been to Rome once, and I don't remember seeing a single curry house. I just don't think they they don't exist. I've never seen a Thai restaurant. Um, hmm. But I mean, these are all the staples we see in this country. We, but we went to the... We spent a night in Genoa. And Genoa is a great city. I love Genoa. But it, we went to the International Street Food Covered Market. It had about 10 stands. Nine of them were selling different kinds of focaccia from different bits of Liguria, as far <coughs> as I could tell. 
And then there was one place that was selling hamburgers. Oh, nice. <laughs> Get some focaccia nice. and a cheeky hamburger on the way out of the market. So basically, bread. Bread. Just, just lots of bread. Yeah. And, and focaccia's and, fucking and good. Meat. Focaccia is pretty... Is that the one that's got, like, good. really big holes in it? Uh, Quite flat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking nice. And I eat a ton of it every time I go. Mm. And I had the best focaccia I've ever eaten in my life twice when I was out there. But actually, that, that same fucking day now I mention it. So I wasn't going to mention this bit. But her indoors, <laughs> she, she said, we did a lot of hiking while we were out there. I was des- desperately trying to fight against the inevitable 10 kilos you put on eating focaccia three times a day. Yeah. Well, I mean, if there's nine places out of ten selling it, like... Well, it's, it's everywhere. You? It is everywhere. It's because it's Liguria is where they make it, where it's famous for it. So it's just, it's in every single place you ever go. But she said, all right, there's this, there's this walk from this town called Kamali, which is like a seaside town, out to this, um, uh, like a convent. I can't think of it. It's not, not something like a convent, a monastery. That's the word I was looking for. A monastery, and it's you can only get to it either by walking across sort of a vague, fairly mountainous sort of terrain or by ship. That's the only two ways you can get to this this uh, monastery. And what she didn't explain to me is, and maybe I should have realised this, that it required me walking up the the equivalent of 107 flights of stairs, <laughs> directly uphill for the best part of two hours. And when I say 107 flights of stairs, I actually mean stairs. There were these medieval stairs oh, no. all the way up. Monasteries are always in tricky spots, aren't they? Yeah. Now, it's on the side of the road. The thing I've realised, which I never knew before, is it's much easier to walk up a hill than it is to walk up stairs. Yeah. There's something about the mechanics of walking up stairs. Means, <clears throat> I, guess, I guess you're walking up a steeper slope by doing that. Yeah. But you're also putting all the weight, all of your own weight on your legs in a way that you're probably not doing in the same way walking up a hill. And I fucking hate walking up hills, so I was not a happy bunny. And we got there, you know, two and a half hours later after, having, after walking down incredibly steep, zigzaggy terrain all the way down again. And at the fucking beach full of, you know, young, hip, happening, beautiful people all, like, enjoying the beach. And I've just spent two and a half hours walking. And I, I have sweated through every atom of my clothes. <laughs> and I don't deal well in them kind of conditions. I, I'm a man who needs a shower. I don't... I need to be feel... I, I need to feel clean. And the last fucking place on God's green earth I want to be is round beach folk after I've sweated through everything. Having a good time. Having a good time and young cunts. No. <laughs> Not smiling. Not, they're, well, they're actually, <laughs> most of these were Taurus, as far as I can tell, because they weren't so smiling. Yeah. yeah, then they're not Italian. So that's Italy for you. I mean, I've said everything I could say about it beforehand, although I'm going to learn Italian, as I've decided. Well, you already know or- Orientale. So. Orientale. <laughs> there we go, first lesson. And uh, Prego. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, well, you're welcome, or something. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. There we go. So <laughs> there we I've go. now got fi- five words in Italian. So after I came back from Italy, I went on. I went to some gigs, and I did a week of 
sad dad in the rock where I saw Elbow and I saw The National twice. And the, the first two gigs were in Manchester and they were fucking wonderful, absolutely fucking joyously wonderful. And then I went to Hyde Park to see The National who were playing with Florence and the Machine and I had a really bad time. Uh, because there was half a, well, I don't, I don't actually know if there really was half a million people there. It just felt like half a million people there. <laughs> I should have thought about what I was agreeing to do, and I actually think it was even my idea. But sometimes I don't think about the reality of situations. But did you drink? Oh, I did. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, there's not much, there's not very many scenarios where you're going to place me around a hundred thousand people where I'm not going to be drinking to kill <laughs> kill the pain of being around a hundred thousand people. The, the gigs were fine. I mean, it was it was irritating because the National, who were quite clearly the bigger band than Florence and the Machine, were somehow supporting them, which is fine. Like maybe they agreed to that. But for like what happens a lot at, at gigs is they make the support band be really quiet. Yeah. But but it was just ridiculous. It's like these are these are way the bigger band. You should have them at the same volume as Florence and the Machine. And I don't really know who Florence and the Machine even are. I sort of have some vague sense of who, who they are. The only, thing, the only thing that really struck me, and I shouldn't make it about people's appearance, but I swear she's older than she claims she is. How, how old does she claim she is? She claims to be about 32. But like, if you'd have told me she was my age, which is 42, I would have believed you. Um, yeah, she's got quite a kind of... Um... She's got quite a haunting kind of look in her face, hasn't she? She's yeah. um... But I do remember when I was growing up, <clears throat> and was this was this girl, you know, long since forgotten her name, and she wore makeup all the time, was getting into sunbeds when it was in the early stages of sunbeds' existence, and she just looked much more like an adult than the rest of us. But I've always, I've often wondered, like, how did that work out for her? Like, by the time she got into her forties. Does she sort of have that kind of wrinkled leather LA living in LA your whole life kind of skin? Anyway, so we 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 left the gig and we were kind of on our way home. This is me, my better half, my better half sister. And we a couple of us needed a piss, so we decided, oh fuck it, you know, it's still relatively early. Let's go and have a final bottle of wine and go to the toilet in this pub pub next to Hyde Park. And we did. And I went up to the toilet. So quite a few other people, stragglers from the gig, had also done this. And it was an old pub, you know, it was perfectly nice. But the toilets were not exactly salubrious, being that it's an old pub. And I was stood waiting in the queue for the urinal. So one of the urinals was broken. And there was this guy taking a piss at the urinal. And then two women kind of walked in and said... Look, you know, we wouldn't we wouldn't normally ask, but we're really desperate here, and the queue for the women's is ridiculous. Is it all right if we go and use the stall? And I said, don't even worry about it. Of course, go ahead of me. I don't mind, because I'm a nice person, and I I know I I know that I wasn't in any great danger of pissing myself, but I also know what it's like when you are in danger of pissing yourself, because that happened to me really recently, and it's not a good feeling as an adult thinking you're about to piss yourself. Oh no. Yeah, oh, it's not a good feeling at all. It happened to me in, like, March when I was coming back from a football match. But this guy who was at the urinal decided to take umbrage with this. And he basically said something along the lines of, well, that's not fair, because if I went into a woman's toilet, 
they, you know, they wouldn't let that if I just got my dick out. And, and, bo- and I think he was saying that as the two women were kind of walking towards the stall and they both kind of stopped. And I just said to them, just ignore him as a dickhead. <laughs> and he's like, I'm not a dickhead. He was, he was Northern as well, <laughs> which I shouldn't really make, you know, I'm Northern, it, it doesn't really mean much. But there's a certain kind of Northern which I always associated with being really small-minded. It's Yorkshire. He was kind of from Yorkshire. Sorry, Yorkshire. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, like, okay, fair enough. I don't really mean that, Yorkshire people. Like, I, I, I go there quite frequently and I do like it. But there is a certain kind of... You know that in your county there is a certain kind of dickhead and he was definitely one of them. So by his logic, what he was saying was if he went into a, the women's female whatever toilet bathroom the and then he randomly got his dick out even though there's no urinal exactly like, exactly so like where would he be pissing in the fucking sink yeah or, or well, just you gotta go you gotta go or all yeah. over women who are queuing up for the God, for the actual even. toilet like yeah. what, what does he no. think that, exactly. that's the logic no his logic was pretty flawed it is a and fucking this, toilet i mean this was 11 at the o'clock at night so on a saturday night so to be charitable to him, he was probably a bit drunk. And I don't often call people dickheads. No. Complete strangers. It was quite bold of you. Well, it was just, you know, it's just be a fucking human being. There are people in a position of need. Why not try and help them? I mean, it's what was particularly it? when it's not, it's no fucking big deal. And particularly when it made absolutely no difference to his fucking life, he's already pissing in the toilet. <laughs> yeah. It's not like anyone's going to go ahead of him. If anything, I'm the only person who's aggrieved here because I was the only other person in the bathroom. Right, I was just about and to it's ask. it's always so. way more arduous for a woman to go to the toilet than a man, and that is something that will never change. Yeah, like, it's just horrible it's reality. It's more difficult for them to go to the toilet than If first. there was no queue for the actual stall... At all, as in you were the only other person waiting. Well, I think basically what had happened is that the person in the stall ahead of me had just walked out, and at the moment where he walked out, two women kind of peeked their head in. They were probably already looking, and I hadn't really noticed that was happening. So he, the, this guy in the urinal continued to argue the toss of him, and I called him a dickhead another time. And it was at that moment I kind of realised, oh, he's got a fucking Union Jack trench coat on which so just to explain to anybody who's not familiar with the the united kingdom um the we're by no means the only we're by, by no means we're, how do you say that we're by no means we're the by own, no means yes we're, we're by no means the own not <laughs> no we're not by any means the only country that's like this but we don't <laughs> really have a thing flying the flag um it just is not really done that much. Well, I suppose, you know, it's not a St. George's, which would have been a complete, like, oh, fucking been, dickhead yeah. move. Well, but... it's, the, uh, often, the, um, the... When you go to America, it's quite common to see yeah. people waving the American flag around. You Absolutely. don't really see people... Yeah, but it's, it's even it's not... in Italy, it's just, you don't see it. You, you very seldomly see the Italian flag. Apart from on boats... Well, you see it on every single fucking boat. Yeah, but apart fo- from that... Football matches. Yeah, outside of that, you know. And in the UK, sort of the same. You don't really see it. We, I mean, the UK is a constituent... It's like four countries that make up a union. And in Wales, where I've just been, you see it a bit. But again, it's not that common. No. You see it at the border, weirdly. The border of England and Wales 
is one of the sort of places where you do explicitly see the flag being flown. We just want people to know. Yeah. Like, don't Scotland, worry, it's going to be okay now. <laughs> Scotland, you see it a bit more. The, you do see the Scottish flag more often. Northern Ireland I've never been to, so like I don't really know, but actually I am pretty sure you see it there because it's a big, it's a big part of identity between the two sides yeah. I think of Northern Ireland. Near the border, yeah. No, no, I think all over, just all over. Um, That's for another day, because I'm going to go to Northern Ireland because one of my best friends lives there. So I'll come back one day with some stories of what I made in Northern Ireland. The whole point is that we don't fly the flag that much, but one of the things, one of the things possibly in response to that is it's been a bit co-opted by some of the more reactionary and uh, racially charged people. So basically, racists fly the flag a lot. They see it as a... So, and because it got co-opted by organisations like the National Front, everybody else just stopped going anywhere near it, which is actually sort of a bit stupid. I mean, I'm, not a, I'm just not a patriot in any way stretch of the imagination. I'm not a nationalist. I just... I, I live here. There's a lot about it I like. There's a lot about it I don't like, and I see no reason to advertise it. In, some, in much the same way that I don't own a single band T-shirt just not i'm just not it's not something i do i don't understand how you can be or need feel the need to be so not even the everything is patriotic like it's a it's even a concept like do you do you worship the land or something like the whole thing is just completely alien to me well it yeah. is and <laughs> you will you will find people who could probably argue their side of it kind of reasonably eloquently but it doesn't their value system just doesn't really fly with mine. It just doesn't seem important. Does it? It's it is completely irrelevant. Like the whole thing is just nonsense. It doesn't make any. If if it were joined to the rest of Europe, like, would that change matters? Like, I don't really. I just really do not understand. But anyway, the point is that. Um, so I notice he's what he's got this kind of Union Jack trench coat and bearing in mind this is fucking july in london it was like 30 degrees during the day well yeah like number one why the fuck would you purposely buy a trench coat that has the union jack on it and secondly it's fucking it's boiling at the minute why would you even be wearing one he he kind of had the when Mm. i sort of had a a better look at him he sort of had the uh the look of a sort of tommy robinson supporter of him um he was actually quite small and I possibly think that's perhaps why he didn't really do much other than attempt to explain his point of view when I called him a dickhead three times. But anyway, he finished what he was doing. Um, he wandered off. And, and I think by that moment, the I, I think I was having a piss when the two women came out of the stall and I said, you know, sorry about him, you know, we're not... I hope he didn't offend you too much or words to that effect. But anyway, in that mo- in that con- uh, that time, he'd been downstairs and he complained to the bar <coughs> staff that women had come in. And the, the barman... So the two women kind of finished what they're doing and wandered out. And then almost immediately, the barman came in and then said, oh, somebody's complained about the fact women are using the toilet up here. And I explained to him, you know, why I'd said that was fine. And he basically said, yeah, I understand that. But, you know, I can't really allow it. And I said, you know, I'm sorry for the position you found yourself put in, but you have to admit that guy was a bit of a dickhead, wasn't he? (laughs) (laughs) And he didn't agree with me, but he smirked. (laughs) But even that now is such a kind of like, 
it's a fucking, you go into places it's a toilet. and there's like it's a lot of places have unisex yeah toilets. i go to loads of places that have unisex toilets yeah but boosie building in uh in peckham where they have the rooftop cinema that's got a unisex toilet it's a fucking toilet blackheart in camden another place i go to has a unisex toilet that has had shit and piss in it well, exactly. and they're worried about whether the right gender is I'm going in, in the correct you room. You can't use this toilet. You're a woman. Mate, I'm going for a dump. Like, what's the matter? Like... And anyway, he doesn't know what they self-identify as. Well, yeah. He's, he's decided what gender they are. Oh, very progressive. Yeah. But like, anyone is like that just because they're of their, they're they're, they're yeah, a product yeah. of their environment, aren't they? That's like, it's funny when you teach anyone who has that kind of very one-minded view on something whether it's religion or race or whatever it's always a product very rarely is it just something they've decided to adopt because fuck it why not i want to feel involved like when you teach christian kids like i do and it's like so obvious when you talk to some of them it's like you're just a christian because your mum and dad are a christian and they've told you you've got to be a christian like and that's how you've been raised like you, you clearly don't know jack shit about the Bible. Look at you. Like, so, you know. Of course they don't. No. But, I mean, I, for us, like, uh, growing up in Manchester in the early... Growing up? No, I was, yeah, I was already grown up. Being a teenager into my 20s in Manchester in the early noughties, um, going around the gay bars, like, all the women were always in... Oh, the gents' bathrooms go, because yeah. there was only one fucking bathroom because it's a fucking gay bar. <laughs> and places like the Outpost didn't officially have a female toilet. No, but now it just has a toilet because yes, yeah, women aren't really welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's true actually. <laughs> I mean, you're laughing, but it is kind of true. <laughs> no, it is true. Yeah, although they might have changed that now. Can uh, well, I don't think it's there anymore, isn't it? Oh, oh, well, I'm pretty sure that's long since died. Oh. It's been a while since I've been out on the circuit in Manchester. Yeah, I used to go to the outpost. Right, okay. I, I think I've explained this story before. So, years ago, 15 years ago, we, um, me and a few of my friends, put on nights, but at Legends, oh, which yeah. is like a gay club. Was. Was. I just, again, it's not there anymore, is no. it? But... Um, I mean, the the the, the 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 nights we were putting on were about live music. Mm. They really didn't have a particularly straight or gay slant to them whatsoever. Good venue. But uh, but next door was the Outpost, so that was just a pub we found ourselves. Oh, of course, I'm mixing that up with something else. Yeah, it would have gone then. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, sadly, all these places are gone. Yeah, it was all good fun. So, Dick, I believe that you had a recent encounter with a Jew enthusiast. Yes. Which sounds really dodgy yes. now. Well, yeah. The way the way you asked me to write that down demanded I write that down. Okay, so I'd been talking to a guy on um, on Growler for about two weeks. Other dating apps do exist. Yeah, other dating apps do exist. This was a Growler based uh, incident, and. Uh, yeah, he was called Carl. He uh, seemed really nice, normal. Like, he was quite handsome. Like, and he's very handsome, actually. And uh, very much my type physically. So we've been chatting, we talk about video games, stuff like that. And uh, we'd agreed to go on a date. So um, we went on a date and kind of... The first thing, because he was from Stratford. 
and he wanted to go on a date in Golders Green. So that should have been my first clue. <laughs> so Stratford being quite a, quite a busy area of East London. Yes, it's Stratford, one... busy, you've got Westfields there, so there's lots of options for date, but he wanted to go to Golders Green. He Golders Green is a classically very Jewish neighbourhood in North it London. It is pretty much like going to Jerusalem, like, if you've ever been. Well, but, I've never been to Jerusalem, but, but I have been to Golders Green. Yes, and um, it's... Uh, so I... I didn't pay. I mean, I've never been to Green, and I did not know that it had any kind of big Jewish community at that point either. I mean, I would hope that whether you knew that or you didn't, or you didn't, you wouldn't have really made a great deal out of him saying that. No, no, not at all. It was more like it was just. It was not something. It was in hindsight something I should have been like. Oh, okay. Now that makes more sense. And um, so I met up with him, and he was waiting outside the tube station. So I went to say hello, and he like opened his arms, like, oh, l'chaim, and gave me a hug. To life, that's Hebrew, uh, yeah, to yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, I just happened and, to know that. Um, and he was wearing a kippah. Now, not a problem. Like, I've dated Jewish guys before. I've dated guys of different religions and ethnicities. Not a problem. But I did not know this about him at all. It was a very big... It was like, I was like, oh, okay. This did not come up a conversation that you were Jewish. I was like, that's fine. Um, so we went, and I was like, that's fine. So I started chatting, and then probably about five minutes after we started chatting, um, he started to sing to me in Hebrew. Now, I don't care where you're from or what language you speak, or but if you're going to sing to me after five minutes after I've just met you, that's going to put me off wherever you're from. And then he sang to me roughly a total of five times on the whole date. And uh, he kept uh, kind of... Um, he was... like So, he, yeah, he kept singing, and uh, he was clearly very enthusiastic about Judaism. And he was asking me about my opinions on it and things like that, which I don't know much about it, so... Anyway, so that was all. I, I was like, okay, well, I really, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, I really wish you hadn't sang to me five times because that's been a bit awkward. I'm not talking about quiet singing either. He was belting. Like, he was... <laughs> where were you? Gold as green. No, I meant, like, where Just were you? mooching around on the street. Oh, okay. And um, <clears throat> so then we in went the to... the library. <laughs> <laughs> so we went to a cafe. In the quiet section. And we, um, we sat down and had this, and we had lunch. By this point, I've kind of decided, oh, well, I'll, I'll persist with this, but, you know, I don't think I'll see him again or have sex with him. Um, I mean, them two things are not, you know, mutually exclusive. <laughs> no, <they're... laughs> Well, I mean, basically the singing had put me off. Like, the singing had completely... Total boner killer, yeah. And... Um, what was he singing to you? I don't know, it was all in Hebrew. So he didn't even follow it up with what that song meant? Um, no. Okay. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so we're in this cafe and we start having our lunch and then he says, oh, he's been really enjoyed the day. And I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, and then he says, oh, you know, if I want afterwards, I, we can, I can go back to his in Stratford. Uh, and he really, and then he elaborated that he wanted to have sex with me while I was wearing a kipper. And while there was a Torah open on the bed. <laughs> so, you should point, have done that. <laughs> at this point, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go use the toilet. Uh, didn't use the toilet, just wanted a moment away from him. Um, and so I just went in the cubicle and just sat down and started messaging my flatmate. And uh, I was like, 
I want to get out of here. I'm just going to tell him that you've got your train's broken down. I need to come pick you up in my car. I don't drive. Um, so, but yeah, so I went back out and I told him, oh, this has happened. I've got to go. And um, yeah, so I left. And then probably about 10 minutes after I left, and uh, he messaged me and was like, oh, that's really disappointing. I was having a really good time. I was like, did you, did you really have to go or did you just. Uh, or, you know, just want to get out of here. I was like, I'm not going to lie to you at this point. I was like, I'm, I just wanted to get out of there. It, you know, it wasn't... Because you said the last time you were on the podcast, which was actually the last time we recorded, <laughs> that you're pretty good at just telling guys, look, this isn't happening. Yeah, was this a bit I of a special am. Well, case? this was a bit of a special case because I was, like... I was in a part of London I wasn't familiar with... He was very handsome, but he was a bit, like, yeah, I, I just didn't know where. I just wanted to get out of there at this point. I was like, I just want to leave. Um, now, so. can I just clarify one point that maybe you'd get to on your own? Yeah. Um, you said earlier you used the term Jew enthusiast. Well, this is where we're getting to this. Ah, okay. okay. So we are, we are getting so to the point. he messages me on Growler and he's like, oh, you know, I say to him, oh, I had to leave. Sorry, it was just a bit... Um, I, I, I was very diplomatic about it. I was like, oh, your kind of profile and what we've been chatting about hasn't really reflected what you're like as a person. So, you know, I didn't really feel comfortable on the date. Sorry. And... Uh, and then he says, you know, oh, I'm, you know, really sorry. And, uh, you know, and then he's like, oh, if it's about the whole Jewish thing, I'm not actually even Jewish. I'm just a Jew enthusiast. And at that point, I was like, I was like, I was like what's that? I was like, I said to him, that's even stranger. What's that? Like, if you were a Jew, then I could have just been like, well, that's, you know, that's fine. You know, that's nothing to do with it. Like, it was his behaviour in terms of the singing and then asking me to do what he wanted to do in bed. like, And, and then when he says, though, like, oh, I'm just a Jew enthusiast, I'm like, okay, so what is that? What, what is that? I like, don't know. A minute, a minute ago, I was like, I was contemplating, okay, I should probably take back the comment that I made earlier because Guy sounds like he's Jewish and that he just likes other Jewish people, and so I should probably retract my statement. No. But now I'm a bit like... When you said that, I had a WTF moment in my because yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have no fucking idea what this is. What so, even is this? I was well. I mean, he started messaging me, and then he was like, "Oh, you know, I'm just obsessed with because I'm not sure if I'm correct on the facts here, but the Jewish religion is not. Oh, Judaism, sorry, is not as straightforward to join as." other religions you yeah, have so to have some kind of heritage in order to kind of get in i think i don't think that is the case isn't it I think no it is. it's true yeah it's, it's, true. Re it's like heritage. ridiculously difficult to yeah. well, i'm thinking sammy davis jr he was a, he converted to judaism you can convert it's just ridiculously difficult to do so yeah. like they put you through your paces yes um in order to join because you've you the Join. That's not the. That's not the <laughs> correct term. Is it convert? Because um, you are you suggesting it's a cult? <laughs> I'm suggesting that any religion potentially is. But you've got to show that you're um, dedicated. Is the word that I was looking for. Yeah. And so they they absolutely like make make it super difficult so that if you actually want to go ahead with it, you are more likely to be dedicated. Is is the whole philosophy? 
which I guess makes a lot of sense. Not easy to join. Not easy to convert. <laughs> Sorry, that's your fault. You started that. Um, so I basically he blocked me after about a couple of messages anyway because he could sense that I was getting a bit kind of. Well, I mean, my first message after he said, oh, I'm a Jew enthusiast, was I, I said, what the fuck's a Jew enthusiast? I'm going to have to find this person. Yeah. Yeah. I need to know. So, um, but mean, then he did... for me, I would say that on a first sexual encounter, suggesting that he wants, he wants you on the bed with a Torah laid out in front of you, that's a bit... I mean... It, if you haven't discussed that up front before you've met, um, I know I don't know if that's right. Like it just seems like if like lots of people have like kinks, and that's great. I do sort of feel like some of them are quite niche, and if you have a really really niche kink, you probably ha you probably are aware that like most people aren't into that. Like you know people are into feet, for example, and. It's not that I find it weird. I just, it's definitely not for me. But people appear to be into feet. So if somebody wants to suck on my toes, I'd feel like I'd want that. If, you, if you're really, if that's the only way you can get off, I feel like you should tell me that up front. Yeah. Well, no, absolutely. And this was kind of, really, a lot of it was just... <laughs> A product of the whole kind of experience rather than any one thing you know like if everything else had gone great and he hadn't sang to me and you know already planted this seed of like oh this guy's a bit of a weirdo um then maybe if he'd like you know if, uh, during dinner he'd gone oh, i've got this kink i want to try it out yep for about like, yeah sure why not it is possible to broach something like that, even in a first date setting where it wouldn't have weirded you out. Yeah, like singing to me when we first meet is definitely going to, you know, it's a risky opening gambit, should we say. So like, no one has ever done that before? No one had ever sang to me when they... Like, am I, am I, like, on my own in thinking that? If you went on a date and someone sang to you within the first five minutes of you meeting them, would you be like, yeah, I'd crack be like, him? I'd be like, fuck off. <laughs> I, yeah, unless they were a really fucking good singer. Um, yeah, even then... Because I'm just a be musician, a bit like... so it could, it could come up. But they'd have to be a good singer. Yeah, I mean, even aren't. then, it's like, even the singing thing, there's kind of... I mean, even that, if you really decided you wanted to do it, there's a way to do it. The way he was doing things and his whole mentality towards it was just not... I think, great dating etiquette. Like, he didn't kind of go like, oh, I really like to sing. Do you mind if I just, like, sing you a song? I've been like, okay, well, that's fine. He just literally... I was in the middle of saying something and he just kind of cut me off at one point with a song. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, well, I'm, you do you then. Each song was about two minutes long as well. And the whole time I'm just sat there kind of looking around like, I don't know whether to smile, like, clap at the end. I don't know what to do. And I was like, you know, this is meant to be a date. This is meant to be enjoyable, and this is too stressed. Like, um, so, yeah, that, that immediately put me off. And then he blocked you, so fuck that guy. And then he blocked me, yeah, so... So did he at least reply to say... Because, you know, part of me thinks that this is super offensive. Like, the sort of things that he's doing is... This is stolen valour. It's a, Well, it's kind of... Like, 
he's wandering around wearing stuff to look at if you to... without speaking to him like even when speaking to him he's probably well versed enough that he could like you would think he was but uh, he's not Jewish no he's not it's, it's very very and he hasn't got weird. like either he hasn't got he's not cut well you didn't find out you sent me pictures beforehand Oh, yeah. sorry. What was I even thinking? <laughs> I was going to say, come on. That was like You don't go on a date mistake. with somebody if you haven't seen <laughs> <their> genitals already. <laughs> you should have known. <laughs> sorry, I forget sometimes. <laughs> of course we've seen each other's bits and pieces after message number three. Yeah. <laughs> three messages, you fucking prude. <laughs> Woof, unlock. <laughs> there you go, you're getting it back again. Yeah, I know. I know the <laughs> There's very few people I go on dates with that I haven't seen what their genitals look like before. Right, yeah. I guess, yeah, it's an occupational risk. Yeah, that's so true. So I, I heard this story on a different podcast recently where the these two people started dating. This is straight dating, so it's sexually repressed. Oh, no fun. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> this is straight dating. Because I only date Uber whores, so there's, there's very little time to wait for for bits. You see it pretty quickly. Um, anyway, so the guy, the, the woman was up for sex, and the guy said, no, I'm a Christian. Uh, I, I, I'm determined to wait till marriage. And she really liked him, so she went along with it. And they got married quite quickly, but they, they waited till they got married... And on the wedding night, it turned out that he had a micro penis. Oh. You can't help but wonder, like, was the Christian thing just a bit of a crutch to to get somebody in to marry him? Because unfortunately, uh, well, I mean, my understanding is for women, it's, you know, size is not the most important thing. But to quote Robin Williams, you can't make butter with a toothpick. <laughs> I would like size is not important at all, and I think big, small, whatever is how you use it. But I would limits. before I committed to marrying someone, I would want to see what their penis looked like. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, so, no well, size is definitely not the most important factor. But presumably, what you're really saying is, within the normal range, size is not that important. There, there is no, a range. It's, even, no, it's not even to do with size sometimes. Sometimes it's just... You just want to know what it looks like. So, like, okay, for instance, I hooked up with a guy once and he'd not sent me a picture of his... Junk. Kind of his junk, if you will. This was when I first moved to London. And... Um, and I wasn't, wasn't like, too me, experienced <laughs> in, and I wasn't too experienced in kind of uh, hooking up with people. Junk, surely, <laughs> <laughs> Not Who hasn't? Um, he probably had by that point. Um, so, but I wasn't too kind of well experienced using the apps or anything like that. So I was like, oh, maybe it's normal. Maybe like people I was going to say, you and, started um, off. You started off in in the metaphorical closet for a while. I did. When I first um, knew you. I mean, so, I, f I feel like the sharing of penis pictures is a little bit like presidential tax returns. <laughs> if you're not sharing it, you've probably got something to hide. Well, yeah, well, this is now I do think that because this guy basically, he was a very nice guy, he was very sweet, and I did feel kind of, I was very inexperienced and new at this time, and... I, I just didn't know how to react. But basically, we started with, like, making out, and then he pulled his pants down. 
And he had quite a normal-sized penis, but he'd clearly... Um, and actually kind of admitted this to me afterwards. He was clearly, clearly uh, into sounding, which I don't know if you know what sounding is. I know is. what sounding yeah, is. Yeah, you know what sounding is. And he was clearly quite in sounding with quite large, thick objects. And so, like, the, 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 the pee hole, the urethra, to get was uh, scientific... stretched. ...was stretched. Like, the top of it looked like it sort of split open like a button mushroom. And, um, yeah, like... And I could probably get, like, my little finger down mm. his, like, urethra without it touching the sides... And I was like, I was immediately, I just didn't know what to do. I was like, um, uh, um, what's wrong with your penis? I said to him. And then that really upset him. And I felt really bad afterwards. But I just, I was so taken aback. I was like, and I was like, oh, I did not want that anywhere near me. The, whenever anyone starts talking about sounding, I, uh, I, I, it makes me... Wins. It, yeah, right. I, I'm just, yeah. <laughs> You're quite vanilla, really, aren't you, Rocky? <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> Anything else? How can you put a piece of fucking metal down there? Well, it's better than a piece of glass. Yeah. Why would anyone want to put anything down there? Like, it's just like, <laughs> I was like, I did apologise afterwards. And I was like, I'm sorry about how I reacted. I just, I've never seen anything like that. And, um... And then he kind of opened up to me and was like, oh, it's been a real issue, like, trying to kind of be with anyone. Oh, and bollocks. And I was like, well, you know, maybe you should just, like... Not stop be doing yeah, fucking stop sounding. sounding. <laughs> like, like, stop stretching it out. It's like... Fucking... Oh, it was like... It was... Was it, it a bit it like... It was borderline mutilated. It was mutilated. Was it, like, a, I was just was like, it a bit like when people get plugs in their ears? I was just thinking. And then they take them out. A and they're just, bit. like, drooping down these huge There was just like, where it clearly like stretched and the skin had stretched, there was just lots of kind of scar tissue as well. So I was just like, oh, no. I was, that was an ugly penis. I'm not gonna lie. I think it's time to shut this podcast down. <laughs> Say goodnight, Dick. Good night. Say goodnight, sluts. Good night. Yeah. Good Say night. goodnight, Pete. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. It's my NPR voice. Fuck you, cat. And Gary. Yeah, always. Always. I um, did Mary Kondo my bedroom this week, which did actually feel great. So, do you know Mary Kondo? No. Did it spark joy? It did spark joy. It's amazing what getting rid of shit that you don't use anymore can, how much joy it can spark. Basically, this is a. Go Go on, no, 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 go on. So I've never seen the show, but she is a Netflix series and she basically tells people, rather than hoard your crap, just get rid of it. Are you, you a, are you a natural hoarder? Oh, absolutely. Like... What's the stupidest thing that... So... I can't think of a way of putting it. Like, the times in your life where you've been in, like, relationships where you're actually living with somebody, what's the stupidest thing that you were trying to cling on to that, that your better, your significant other wanted to, uh, wanted you to remove that from the general vicinity? Well, my significant other generally didn't care. So that, but there's stuff where when you're kind of looking through your stuff 
And uh, like my significant other, he could literally just sit there and crap could kind of pile around him. And he could eventually just mould into the crap. So he he sort of had a symbiotic relationship. As long as they weren't green vegetables. As long as they weren't green vegetables, yes. (laughs) So he had a zone of chaos. He had a zone of chaos. He he was the chaos. Yeah, no. That's that's what my significant other has. It is gravitational. She has her own gravitational field, which chaos follows her everywhere. (laughs) She's got got many moons of crap. Yeah. It is, it's fucking bananas. And you'll never see it because I'll never let you see it. But it is just crazy. If you what the cleaner comes on a Monday and then by Wednesday, there's just the remnants of like two days of just nonsense happening around her. And it I just don't understand. And and I'm not even good. Like I'm untidy. I'm really untidy, but as I've said before, she's just a whole lot worse than me. I didn't think that was possible. Uh, there wasn't anything, one particular thing which stood out as, God, how has this ended up being preserved for so long? Um, but, yeah, just absolute loads of... T- loads of, like, half-used... Loads and loads of, like, half-used kind of box of paracetamol and things like that, and aspirin. Like, just loads and loads of that. Condoms, loads of, like, varying ages. Like, um, Various use... Oh, yeah, some of them were just like, if you'd opened the pack, it'd probably just go, <laughs> um, But, yeah, that's it, really. But Mary Kondo, yeah, basically, she's kind of become a bit of a phenomenon because she has lots of good catchphrases. And like, what does she say? What's her, it's like... It's, Tidy the fuck up, you poor. <laughs> <laughs> basically, she says that if you do this stuff, if you get rid of the stuff, it'll spark joy in your life. So, it doesn't. I wouldn't go that far. Well, I do feel a lot happier, like, when I go in there and I don't see some shit, like... I've never watched the programme, but it's, it's... It's more to do with the only reason... I think her philosophy is the only reason why you would hold on to something is if it gives you joy by holding or looking at it. Yeah, So, exactly. like, for example, that packet of... Uh, that empty pack, packet of um, shit, whatever that is. Those chicken chicken bites. Chicken, yeah. Chicken yeah. bites. Chicken Does that bites. spark joy? And you're going to go, no, right, well, it's going to end up in the bin. But likewise... The content sparked joy. <laughs> the packaging, not so Pretty much. limited joy, yeah. I imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it was over and done with quickly. I mean, eventually it's going to be waste, so it's, it's, still, being, it's, still, it's still going to be thrown away one more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's very little of it was going to get used. Uh, I take a... Uh, so I, I keep, I do keep sort of nostalgic items. So, you know, for example, like a stub for an art exhibition that I went to that I really liked. Yeah, I keep I that keep kind of tab like that. as well. I, weirdly, I don't keep gig stubs, though. No, which I keep Which is the, gig cl- the classic thing that people do keep. And my friend James has kept every single one he's ever been to. And, like, you, you, I go around to his, his, his house, his flat, and he's got, like, three different mountings of all the gigs he's, he went to. And I went to probably 50% of them with him, so it, like, brings back all these memories of gigs I've long since forgotten ever going to. But I've never kept them. But apart from that, apart from the kind of nostalgic items, I have a very sort of, have I used this in the last 12 months? If the answer's no, and I can't think of any reason why I'd use it in the, in the next 12 months, then I'm getting rid of it. It has no purpose. No, I'm no, I'm terrible like that. I'll be like... Like, pens. Pens is a really terrible one. I'll just hoard pens. Like, <laughs> I have, over the last kind of week, 
I've binned probably over like a hundred pens. Like, I mean, you are a teacher, so I suppose you have access to them. Why wouldn't you True. just take them back into school? Because that would mean having to go into school on my holiday and I'm not doing that. No, just like wait until the end of the Because then they're going to be still cluttering up the room. Yeah, they're pens. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me you've got to put them in a bag next to the door. You used they're to have... They're like half-used pens and stuff as well. I just like, you know, let's just start fresh. Let's you used get to have those. like... I kept four, some of the nicer ones. Four fucking shelves full of pops. Yeah, I'm sure you can keep hold of a hundred pens. No, now I have like nice things like candles. I know that, but yeah. my, my point was at one period of time in your life, you didn't even have any shelf space it's because true. it was full of fucking pops. True. Pops? They're those like... like little vinyl figurines of like... If you've ever been to Forbidden Planet, you will have seen them because it's... Hang on. I've never been inside a Forbidden Planet. Well, I haven't, certainly haven't been inside of one. Since I kind of their trademark, I guess, is like these pop figures have like big exaggerated heads. Yes. Heads I can actually them. picture them now you describe it. Yeah. I know exactly what you're getting at. Um, yeah, I got it. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I've never bought anything like that. My yet. ex was a collector. So still collects them. Still collects them, yeah. <laughs> and basically you have they're an annoying collector's item because you have the thing inside which is probably about half a handful. <coughs> and then it comes in a box, which is much bigger. Does he keep the box? Oh, yeah, you're not allowed to take them out of the box. Oh, they just remain in the box. And I was like, oh, thanks. And I went to kind of, you could see my hand was going into the positioning of like, kind of, you know, getting ready to kind of pry it open. And yeah, he had a shit of it. It was he like, knocked you out. You do not open it. It's like, I, yeah, when you... And then now we've broken up, I've opened up with a fucking lot. <laughs> I was going to say, when you bought me mine, the first thing I did was open it, and I bet that broke his little heart. No, oh, did it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when you open it from... Yeah, yeah, he, he did say afterwards, he was like, I can't believe you opened it. And I'm like... <laughs> but what am I going to do with it if I don't open it? Collect yeah. it. <laughs> but I wanted to look at it properly. <laughs> I wanted to lick it. <laughs>